Support for MVY's Shakedown Stream comes from Praxis Consulting Incorporated, working with insurance companies to increase their profitability through subrogation and recovery efforts. They're committed to improved recoveries, best practices, and better yield. More info by emailing info at praxisconsulting.com. Hey now, my fellow deadheads, it's Shakedown Stream time. Right on, right here on mvyradio.com. This is Jer Bear. And we're going to keep on going. 1968 with the song The Eleven. And yeah, we're getting to St. Stephen. All good things and all good time. Right here on Shakedown Stream. The transit 
Yowza. That's Dark Star from Anaheim, California, 326, 1968, at the Melody Land Theater. And it didn't it sound like it was ready to go into St. Stephen, but it, I don't have that. So cool. Welcome to the show. Happy Thanksgiving. I hope you had a good one. It's good to be with people. It's good to be with friends, family, reconnect, eat food. You know, this is the darkest time of the year, and so it's important that we do these rituals, keep us, you know, warm, keep us connected, keep us going. And it fills us, right? It feeds us with nutrients of good stuff. We're right on. I want to play this song. I'm going to play lots of Grateful Dead songs. I haven't decided what the featured show is going to be, but it is going to be from 1968, and we're going to hear how... St. Stephen gets put together with the 11 and just all this really amazing jamming that the Grateful Dead did in 1968. Yeah, you got it right here on Shakedown Stream, yo. Everything. Why they don't believe him? He wears a big diamond ring. Alabama, get away, get away. Alabama, get away, get away. Only way to please me, just around and even walk away.
last time you see me Things won't be the same Next time you see me
Well, Mr. Pigpen, next time you see me, great blues tune, next time you see me, things will not be the same. That's from 12771 at the Felt Forum Auditorium in New York City. And before that was Loser from 113080, Atlanta, Georgia, and an Alabama getaway, 1110, 1979 in Ann Arbor, Michigan. All three of those tracks come from official Grateful Dead releases. The next time is from Volume 22, Dave's Picks. And another one was from, oh my God, Road Trips. And the other one was a uh, Dave's Picks as well. I was just thinking about the good people down in Alabama. I know there's good deadheads down in Alabama, people who do yoga, people who are cool. And so, uh, yeah, we're thinking of you. Yeah. So, as we're working out our featured show, this will be the last installment of 1968, The Eleven, which is a song that I have a new relationship with. I've uh, really heard that this song in a way that I've never heard it before, and I'm glad that we were able to take the time and, and listen to it. And so we're going to hear a lot of different versions this week's stream, on this week's stream. And in next week, uh, next month, the theme will be St. Stephen in all its purest form. So we may hear some more of the 11, but it would be from 1969 or 19, a little, there's a few that were played in 1970. But I want to change the subject. Dead and Company are on tour. They're still touring. And I think they go down south. Um, but they played in Columbus, Ohio recently. And they're breaking out a couple tunes. Uh, they played a Deep Ellum Blues for the first time. Not a hard tune, but it's a great song that is in the tradition of the Grateful Dead. Certainly the Jug Band tradition. And they played If I Had the World to Give. Uh, right sandwich in between a China Cat writer. I don't know if that was in Columbus, Ohio, but very recently. And O'Teal Burbage singing. And I don't know, I got lucky, but I played one of the tracks from uh, O'Teal Burbage and Friends. And it must have been him singing, If I Had the World to Give. So cool. Yeah, that is one thing that I always look for in tours. Is like, what tune are they playing that they hadn't played yet? So here's some Dead and Company, and this is a tune that they played in Boston, and a tune that, believe it or not, Dead and Company have not played yet. Check it out right here on Shakedown Stream. Thank you. 
Just a short bit. That's Dead and Company doing the pump song. 11 19, 2017 in Boston. The greatest story ever told. Only one in 10,000 come for the show. Everybody else is just posing. But there's always that one person who's getting off. Before that was Cassidy, 112117 from Washington, D.C. And before that, the very first Karina ever broken out by Dead and Company. I got a feeling we'll be hearing that more and more. That's a uh, Robert Hunter lyrics, but Bobby Weir and Mickey Hart song. Heard that a lot in the 90s with the Grateful Dead. Happy birthday to Bruce Hornsby. Last Thanksgiving was his birthday. Good friend of the Grateful Dead, and I know he's still playing. Very cool. Well, you know, I like reading about 1968. I just finished reading that book about Augustus Stanley Owsley III, 
Bear, um, who clearly had a major impact on the Grateful Dead, the 1960s, and all sorts of other things. But even more importantly, he started, he's probably one of the first people to start recording the Grateful Dead, and as he calls them, sonic journals. And he has contributed, or his sonic journals have been, uh, maybe there's 13 albums. Some of the Dix picks, some of the other Grateful Dead releases that he would supply his tapes. Because I got to tell you, the more I figure out what shows that he supplied, you can tell that he was really good at working the board. And there was a cool story uh, near the end of the book where his ashes were his son brought them to Chicago for the Fare Thee Well shows, and he put some of his ashes on the board where Bear would want to be, at the board, controlling the sound. I thought that was cool. I didn't know that was going on. Not that I would have, but uh, I like hearing stories like that. Cool. Let's do some Bear Essentials, and then we're going to get ready for some Primal Dead, the eleven. But before we do that, we're going to listen to a band called O.A.R. or doing a song that will be a song that we're going to be listening to a lot in the next 30 days. Right on. Bye and bye. 
what another man spilled St. Stephen from a band called Or. Right on. They're an American rock band founded in 1996 in Rockville, Maryland. Right on. The band consists of uh, Mark Roberge, Chris Kulos, Rock On, Ben Gershman, and Jerry DePizio on sax. Right on. And they're playing. But very cool. I don't know much more about them except uh, that's a very good version of St. Stephen. And that was part of the release of Dear Jerry, celebrating the music of Jerry Garcia 
which was right before the Fair Do Well shows, May 14, 2015. It's a two-CD set. And, uh, you know, all sorts of friends of Jerry um, were people who liked Jerry because I was thinking, I bet Mo or Yonder Mountain String Band didn't know Jerry Garcia, but uh, they participated in this very cool little Dear Jerry uh, event at the Merryweather in Columbia, Maryland. St. Stephen. That's a good way to play St. Stephen because it's like this kind of full-out, all-intensity kind of Grateful Dead tune. Nice. Well, I want to play a little bit of August 21st, 1968. And last week we were playing some material from March of 1968 where they would do a Dark Star into China Cat into the 11. And somewhere along the line, and I think it was in May, maybe a little bit afterwards, they broke out St. Stephen and they did Dark Star St. Stephen the 11. And they took out China Cat. I'm sorry. It was Dark Star China Cat the 11. So they got China Cat out of there and they put St. Stephen. And that worked really well. And they played it a lot. And uh, later on in the year, they work out another kind of uh, lyric, uh, which is called the William Tell Bridge. And those are a different set of lyrics that were added and they were put in front of the 11. And I think often people, and myself included, when I thought of the lyrics of the, of the 11, I thought the William Tell was a part of that. And now we've heard some of the early versions of the 11, and that's not a part of the words of the song. So one of the cool things about these shows, and they played three shows, and these were, this used to be called the Carousel Ballroom. Uh, Bill Graham bought the Carousel Ballroom, and he renamed it Fillmore West. And one of the goals for Bear, who was asked to come back to the Grateful Dead and do the, be their sound man, um, was they wanted to dose Bill Graham. And this was their opportunity. Uh, he had never been dosed. Um, he would bring in his own food. He would never drink anything around the Grateful Dead because he knew high probability, very likely, that he would get dosed with LSD and bears LSD. And it was at one of these shows that they were successful, and they did it. And Bill Graham hopped on the stage with the band, and he played cowbell. He played some of the best cowbell that's ever been played in the history of rock and roll. Right on. This is the Fillmore West, 821-1968.
Oh. 
the Grateful Dead at the new Fillmore West, August 21st, 1968. Beer at the board. Right on. So that was the 11 on a St. Stephen on a Dark Star. And it was good to go into Death Have No Mercy, but I have a nice 68 show that I want to feature. And I want to use a timeline to take us along. And so they played August 20th and 21st at the Fillmore West. And then on the 23rd and 24th of August, they played at the Shrine Auditorium in Los Angeles. And one of the most awesome uh, vault releases by the Grateful Dead, two from the vault, is the show from 824, 1968. And if you ever get a chance, listen to it. You should pick it up. And I think they even have uh, a re-release of the show where it's complete. It has the alligator, caution jam, feedback. Um, I remember once coming back from a dead show in RFK. I used to live in D.C. I think it was like 92, yeah, probably 1992. And it was a very kind of ooey-gooey, melty night. And I listened to that release, those two CDs, over and over again. It was just perfect. But let me take it from to the night before the shrine, August 23rd, 1968. This is The Grateful Dead.
Several seasons with the tree. 
that's the 11. And it just cuts right there. Coming out of St. Stephen and Dark Star, 823, 1968, at the Shrine Auditorium in Los Angeles, California. Man, August 1968. Whoa. And again, beautiful recording. Just as beautiful as the one at the Fillmore West, this one at the Shrine in L.A. Bear definitely on the board. But boy, the, the, uh, the dead are ripping it. Yeah. So, again, I want, I'm keeping with the timeline, but um, one thing that we now know is um, St. Stephen comes on the scene uh, in May, and they add some lyrics coming out of St. Stephen, and they go like this. High green chilly winds and windy vines and loops around the twining shafts of lavender. They're crawling to the sun. Underfoot the ground is patched with climbing arms of ivy. Wrapped around the manzanita, stark and shiny in the breeze. Wonder who will water all the children of the garden when they sigh about the barren lack of rain and droop so hungry neath the sky. William Tell has stretched his bow bow, till it won't stretch no furthermore, or it might require a change that hasn't come before. Yeah. Lyrics by Robert Hunter, music by Garcia, and music by the music Coda by Phil Lesh. Here's another tune that in September, September 12, 1968, the band was practicing which is a fill tune from 1968. Right on, check it out. There's a chill in the mail 
jangle. Cream for the board. The first What's shock happening? is free.
That's the Grateful Dead in Berkeley, California. Doing a very short version of the 11 out of St. Stephen. No singing on the 11. And that is uh, 9-20-1968. Cool. Just a little tidbit of that show. And I suspect Bear was recording that as well. And I think I read somewhere he said that the uh, community theater was a very hard place to get the sound right. Nonetheless, yeah, that's some vintage dead. Before that, they were at least Phil Lesh, Jerry Garcia, Mickey Hart were on September 12, 1968, probably in the Pacific High Recording Studio in San Mateo, California, practicing Clementine. We got to hear Phil sing, practice singing this tune. Uh, singing was definitely not one of his greatest things, but um, I love the 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 lyrics and the verse of that song, Clementine. But that's truly a Phil song, and it never made it on an album. It could have made it on Oxa Moxoa, uh, an album that they were working on in 1968, as well as The Eleven. For whatever reason, I haven't read anything about why those songs weren't put on the album. Uh, probably because they were just too out there. But great songs. Too bad that they didn't make it there. Clementine has always struck me as a real jazz kind of song. And uh, very interesting song. So again, that's them in the studio. And then in the last part of that, they were just messing around. And Garcia's, you can kind of hear him say... Was that being recorded? Was it weird? Did you like it? Pretty cool. Uh, and it's uh, this show was supplied by an anonymous source. So we don't know who it's from. Well, right on. I want to um, change our palettes a little bit before we go back to some more 1968 stuff. This is from uh, late November 1973. Right on.
fall There ain't a winner in the game He don't go home with all
that's the last they saw of me. Don't hurt me. I beg of you, don't hurt me. Please don't hurt me. When I woke the diable, six hundred pounds of sin. Well, there you have a dire wolf and a jack straw. 1121-1973, Denver Coliseum in Denver, Colorado. And that is volume four, number three, Road Trips, which they stopped doing and they renamed it Dave's Picks. I always thought Road Trips was not a very good name. It was just too bland, too, you know, nothingness. Um, and Dave's picks, yeah, he, uh, he, he picked up from D uh, Dick's picks, 
since he was doing it, might as well call it Dave's Dave's picks. Right on. This is a good release. Some of the releases you're like, yeah, yeah, but this one, 1973, November of 1973, is a very fine period. And uh, there's that beautiful Winterland. Yeah, it's right. Yeah, Winterland '73 release, which is like three shows. Oh, that was one box that I I didn't get. I wish I did. Uh, it's one that I regret. There's a couple that I regret. Uh, Fillmore West '1968, and then of course the '73 shows from Winterland. But that you know, um, you can't have everything, you know. You, uh, but I have a nice collection, so I have nothing to complain about. Okay, so you know, I try to keep track of every show I've played, and 1968 um, is filling up. But there's a, a couple shows that I've played twice, and one of them is the show from the Avalon Ballroom, October 12, 1968. Which is a sh- I really like that show. I really like listening to it. And I have played 117.68 a couple times. Um, I played 214.68 a couple times. And um, yeah, a couple other shows a couple times. Um, but this show I've never played. And this is from the next night at the Avalon Ballroom, 1013, 1968. So this will be our featured show, and we'll see how it goes right here on Shakedown Stream. Thank you. 
broadcasting all faults in the clouds of delusion shall we go you and I while we can
Death will leave you standing in the crowd. Death will leave you standing in crowd.
Death will go in any family in this land. Right on. That is Death Have No Mercy in this land. Out of the 11, out of St. Stephen, out of Dark Star. You're getting all your Dark Stars in uh, on this this month, but this, this stream. All that from 1013, 1968 at the Avalon Ballroom. Chet Helms, his venue on Sutter Street in San Francisco. And as I said, I've played the show from the night before at the same venue, 10, 12, 68. And I love that show. Um, and it was rebroadcast on the radio. And I think that's why the show is so well circulated and the quality sounds so good. But it wasn't a radio simulcast. And in Dead Bass, there's a write-up for 10, 13, 68 show where the opening sentence is, um, this was a beautiful radio broadcast. 
and dead base in the cor corrections page. Uh, this show was never on a radio broadcast, 1013. They must be referring to 1012. Also, Pigpen did not perform at this show. Um, and even though the set, looks, set list looks identical to 1012, um, which they are, they are two different shows. Cool. Just wanted to give you as much information about this show as I could. I was struck by the line... And death have no mercy when Garcia was saying it. Your father's gone. And uh, we all know the story that Garcia's father died when he was a kid. And I've heard different things. But one thing I've heard is that like he saw his father like float down the river. Um, they were on a camping trip, fishing trip. And his father, I guess, fell in the river and, and drowned. So you suspect that that is some kind of trauma that Garcia experienced at a very young age and uh, that the death the death motif that was in a lot of the songs early on the early Grateful Dead songs you know, must have came from you know his own experiences also in reading in Dead Bass apparently in Billboard which is the kind of radio magazine newspaper they reported that there was going to be a Grateful Dead tour in Europe that would begin October 10th and go to November 5th and apparently the prospective itinerary according to Lost Live Dead blog they would arrive in London on October 9th play at the Revolution Club on October 10th in London then on 10-11 and 10-12, they'll play at the Middle Earth Club in London. And apparently there's even posters uh, of this, of these shows already made up. And then between 10-13 and 10-21, they would play in various cities in England, like Birmingham. And, and then on 10-22 and 10-25, they would play in Belgium and Holland. 10-26, 10-31, they would play in Sweden and Denmark. And then end up in November playing in England. However, that tour never happened. I've never heard of it. I can't even imagine that they would do it. But um, kind of interesting. And I think seeing these posters that were made up must have been some kind of a indication and a time for some detective work. Well, let's get back. This is the second set of 10-13-1968. Watch him die. 
you know he had to do that.
right, that would be the Grateful Dead. Ending their show at the Avalon Ballroom, 10-13-1968. We heard some feedback at the end there, coming out of Caution Jam, which started off with a little bit of a St. Stephen kind of melody. Out of drums, out of new potato caboose, out of cryptical envelopment, and the jam... I don't know if it was like 30 seconds, a minute, right before Potato Caboose was beautiful. I want to capture that. Out of the other one, out of drums, out of cryptical envelopment. Or that's it for the other one. So that's that whole show. First time ever played here on Shakedown Stream. 10-13-1968. Well, why don't we get back to some traditions with some JGB in Milwaukee in November, right here on Shakedown Stream. Way beyond the blue 
Let us do the very best that we can While we're traveling through this land We can all be together Shaking our hand When we make it to the promised land When we make it to the promised land Make it to the promised land
that deal go round Don't you let that deal go down Wait until that deal go round Don't you let that deal go down Wait until that deal go round Don't you let that deal go down Wait until that deal go round Don't you let that deal go down Oh 
so good when we're lying here next to each other, lost in love. Oh, baby, honey, when we touch, I love you so much. You're all I've ever dreamed of. Oh, baby.
Now that's my kind of Grateful Dead. Fire on the Mountain out of Scarlet Begonias. From 113080. The Fox Theater in Atlanta, Georgia. Man, that's good. That's the dead that I know and love. Before that, we heard some JGB from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 11-23-1991. We heard Shining Star and Deal out of My Sisters and My Brothers. Nice little run of JGB shows right there, uh, songs, shall I say. So Dead and Company are torn. And uh, I think they're going to be in Atlanta um, soon. And they're going to be playing some shows in Florida. I've already forgotten the tour, but um, look for it. And, you know, you can always go on Dead and Company's webpage and you can download the shows. And if the show is playing that night, you can get the video and watch the show live. And that's kind of fun. Well, I hope you all had a good Thanksgiving. I did. It was kind of quiet, but um, but it was cool. Good connections. Um, my nieces and nephews and I have a grand niece are all doing really well, and uh, it's just really cool. And uh, it's good that uh, mom and dad are home. Yeah, and I brought my old dog, who's like fifteen and a half, who could. He doesn't walk very well. He can't hear. But he did a lot better than I thought he would do. He loves that house. Um, He certainly loves sitting underneath the table because he gets some of the best scraps he ever gets, ever. And uh, the one thing uh, this time of year that is difficult for me is the hunting season, the deer hunting season which just started after Thanksgiving. And where I live, it is loud. And my dog freaks out. She starts shaking. We bought her a thunder vest. And that seems to help. Um, not you know, It doesn't solve her fear or her anxiety, but it definitely helps. And there is some stuff you can get, um, composure, which makes her really tired, and that helps. Um, but you never know when the gun's going to go off. And one thing about Martha's Vineyard is there's too many deer. So, you know, they need to be cold. I've lost two cars already. So I um, wish I could get, like, uh, ear protection so my dog would just never hear it. Anyway, that's my little issue. I'm sure you got your stuff. Well, the other night I caught a video feed of Dead & Company in D.C., And I didn't see the whole show, but I caught kind of the last half of it. And I was really impressed with what I saw, and I wanted to share that with you now. So uh, allow me to take you to D.C. on November 21st, 2017. Sit back right here on Shakedown Stream. Thank you. 
summer flies and August dies. And the world grows dark and mean. Comes the shimmer of the moon. Ships with phantom sails put to sea on phantom tides. Comes the lightning of a sign. Horsemen vanish. 
Walks in and rolls the streets. Just taking turns. 
bones Need that cash to feed that jones And the politician throwing stones Seeing ashes, ashes off all that Anymore the pinch drop bosses on the dice Shake their bones, politicians throwing stones, singing ashes, ashes of ball bouncing.
shake their bones. Politicians throwing stones, singing ashes, ashes of Paul
That's dead and company. Washington, D.C. That's a touch of gray. We will survive Encore. Crowd's going nuts. Before that, throwing stones. Out of days between. All that from 11-21-17. Right on. Those three songs seem very poignant. One, we've been tracking those two of those songs, We Will Survive and Ashes to Ashes. But Days Between, uh, those three songs go very well together. And, you know, clearly Washington, D.C. needs to hear those songs. And uh, we are on our own. But we will make it because we'll do it together. Right on. Hey, I'm going to close off the stream with these songs from 1020, 1968. I'll see you next month. I'll see you next week right here on MVY Radio as we continue with St. Stephen. Right on.
out to calling it home. Fortune comes a-crawling, cloud be over.
been working for 30 years, say 20. At least the 10 of which he's been in the money, like assistant relief, assistant relief, relief, assistant driver. <laughs> in other words, there's only four or five, six men on a team, and that's the most. Well, he's sometimes fourth in. So anyhow, he finally gets his car, wins the race, except. And here's where the high point of the film really is, of course, because it's the heartbreak of the failure. It's real as it hits me. And mind you, we even have him captured on newsreels and shots and all here now, sir, because this is real life, you understand? The story, it's a life story of a man, Pierre LeMay, who killed 93 people at Le Mans the following year after. Mind you, I say, 23 hours and 40 minutes of solitary, that's why they have the rule, you know, four hours relief now, driving. He was reaching for fourth gear at the end of the Mosaic straight. Fourth gear would be about 120, uh, minimum, so right in there, maximum even. I mean, either way, well over 100. And uh, in this day's 23 hours and 40 minutes non-stop way in the lead, over, mind you, Mercedes. But this was the year before the Mercedes went big, you know, 54, 55. The, the accident itself happened. That's why Mercedes retired and hasn't been seen since, you know. This man caused the demise of Mercedes-Benz in 55, you recall, the Le Mans. Yeah, they quit racing after that. So, Pierre reaches for fourth at 120, and through some freak like here, if I started to go for a third and hit second, you know, by some accident of rev, some accident of corner, some accident of everything, peaked out, his foot slow, his clutch fast, those combinations of wouldn't tail. Hit second, top rev second, blew it, transmission rear end everything. He's going about twice faster than second gear will take it through this fatigue. Reaching for four, he flops it accidentally into second and loses the race, you see. Didn't even finish, ha, 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 That's his main thought. See, because D-Not finishes our obsessions with him. He's only got one race a year. Better to at least drive the course, it's on. And uh, so the next year, Newberger, this big director cat I'm telling you about, the German guy, hired him as fourth driver, and sure enough, he was the one behind the dentist, uh, Lance Schmackelin in the Triumph, coming around the pit straight at a curve just exactly like this, gentlemen, except to the right. The pit straight at Le Mans is just like this approach, only to the right and not downhill, a little slight downhill, very slight. That goes an antique car now, if it's this antique, but it could be a great movie. It could be a great movie. And uh, approaching then this 120, 140 mile an hour curve, just like this, into the Le Mans pits, is this Triumph, going about 80, 90, wide open, you know. <laughs> About from here to that antique car, we'll say, ahead of us. On that point of the curve and everything just in relationship, say, right. Now, behind him comes the winner of the race, the leader at that point, and the one of these, well, uh, he's driving the better races of this in and out, as I mentioned earlier, Mike Cawthorn, driving the Jag, the last time Jag won. I mean, uh, I mean, uh, before Mercedes, I mean, the left her. Uh, anyhow, the Jag at this point was a weak uh, point, and uh, was, uh, this is the renaissance of Jag, to put it that way. A temporary one is approved. Well, now, stop it. So, uh, Hawthorne, coming up then on this, like that Studebaker, he's going about 120, coming down to, say, uh, 20 at the least again. The duty's going on around the course, this triumph, the little dentist who shouldn't be allowed in the fucking thing in the first place. Hawthorne has to pit. He's in the lead. And should he go around the triumph where the studi is now, we'll say, is where Mike's pit itself is. He's going to stop right there. Naturally, we'd assume, and ordinarily you would have, or some fucking thing, part Cherry Hill. That's right, he pulled a cherry. He should have gone behind like the Pontiac here, hit the brakes, and slammed into the pitch where the sign is up there, about that distance, relative. But instead, uh, for whatever reason of judgment that Mike's alone, and mind you, he's driving a race, one of the better races, half a dozen of his life, so it's one of the races of his life, that 
He chose instead to go in front of the triumph, hit the brake in front of this amateur dentist, and slam into the pits as we, in the lead, have the right. He's passing slower cars. It's another fucking car. It's another, you understand? Mike was charging that day. When he, no one, even Fangio, remember, I told you, was beat by him. Uh, he beat Fangio and his foreman. German, German, German. Anyhow, the triumph panicking, hits the brake, speeders, lose licenses, right here, blam. So he's right there, the brake, at the same time turning out like a freak, into, yes, where this sign is, is the uh, stands, mind you. So instead of going to the left, that angle of curve, the tangent to the right, so straight ahead there would be all the back stands. See? And that's right angle, 10%. So here comes Pierre LeVay. At last, he's gotten in the race again. All the mistakes are past. It's the end of the film, dig it? And what's happening is, he's balanced, he's ready, he understands now why he blew it last year, 20 hours and 40 minutes, and so on and so forth. He's, mind you, the first four hours of the race are over. Over. And Pierre went in in the second shift. He hadn't been driving an hour yet. Probably, I think, only his second or third time around. The camera follows his thoughts. Coming up like that greyhound. Sixty, 140 up. 
like passing under this bridge, leaves life a balanced man at last, uh, somehow. In the same way, he kills a uh, hundred yards, doing it further, straight into the crowd. This spinning triumph hurdles him. Nothing he could do, he probably didn't change his position. I do believe he makes an attempt, see? So that'll give us a 10-second ending. See, it's true. At the same time, you got all the leeway. Now, there's your movie. No, he didn't, no. Lance was slightly injured, out of the race, to boot and all that. Something to talk about with this rich patience next to you.